Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another incredible, thrilling, exciting, terrifying episode of Outpost Frequency. With me, as always, is Matt, and making his triumphant return from the world of kitchen redecoration is Boba Phil. Try not to look so enthusiastic, guys. Did you know that the uh, kitchen dimensions... That, sorry, sorry, sorry. <clears throat> oh, Got to get off that. <clears throat> yes, apologies, Already everybody. an amazing start, I can tell. I'm so sorry for missing, uh, being missing for the last few weeks, but I'm back now, and hurrah. <laughs> we're, we're glad to have you back. How are you doing? How are you guys doing today? Good today. It's okay. been a nice, nice chilled-out day today. So, um, yes, I watched Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> well, oh. I really, <laughs> I really rate, I really rate, and um, what's his name, James Bobbins' direction and writing. I think it's just they, they, they really tickle me. Those movies, they're just, they're funny. I find them, I find them stupidly funny. They master classes, Phil. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a master class in comedy. Exactly. I live for that. <laughs> I How about I, you? Me, I'm all right, thanks, mate. Went to a, I've been drinking Friday night at a pub, and then I was drinking last night. <laughs> so, and as I'm, I'm what, 49 nearly, so catching up with me today. As I say, was this just kind of one long night that went from one to the next? The drinking? No, no, no those, not, not those anymore. Well and truly gone, yeah. They yeah, gone. you need sleep in between that, goodness. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was nice. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Curry and everything else. But yeah, I'm just. There's no such thing in England when it comes to placing yourself, especially when there's curries and beers on the table. So, yep. I understand. I understand. Well, all right. So it's good to be back, or it's good to have everybody back. We're kind of getting back into the swing of things now. Um, made a few changes to the site. We're trying to streamline it. We're going to try to fix some of those nasty ads that come up on your mobile phone. We're working on it, guys. We're doing the best we can, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna have more appropriate adverts, like you know, for Viagra and um, uh, yes. tenor tenor male nappies and things like that. N nude pictures of Woodstock, you know. Those we ones. we we know our audience. <laughs> I get I get uh, you know home loans and Viagra. I just think that's a very specific market, but mm -hmm. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, so let's talk about what we're working on today. So, uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about was the Star Wars Hotel. <laughs> and, or should I call the Crash and Burn Star Cruiser, I think? Um, it's difficult to categorize Disney's use of Star Wars since their four billion acquisition of Lucasfilm is anything less than a disaster. Bright spots include The Mandalorian and Andor are pretty much drowned out by just about everything else. Even the potential wonder of a Star Wars land at Disney Parks has been a failure, which I have done my yeah. due diligence on that and have a video out there. Please go go look on the channel and search. Have a look on the channel, yes. That's right. Uh, even the potential uh, wonder of Star Wars at Disney Parks has been a failure with some well-documented interference from Lucasfilm, meaning the branding fans with disposable income wanted, in other words, original trilogy themes, 
was replaced with sequel trilogy motifs, just as the sequel trilogy spectacularly fell on its backside with audience. And it, it wasn't even so much that. I mean, being there, it was it was just generic Star Wars land. There was hmm. some sequel trilogy stormtroopers and stuff here and there, but the actual land itself, it didn't feel like any place. There's a Millennium Falcon, and what's everything else? I, I don't know. Some... I guess that's a astromech. I don't know. I don't care. When I when I first saw it, I thought, "Whoa!" You know, the the kid in me immediately went, "Oh, I really want to go there." But when I saw the actual size of it, like I say, there's literally sort of like there's a Star Cruiser um, ride and the Millennium Falcon, yeah. and then there's a building a lightsaber thing, and that's kind of pretty much it. And I imagined yeah. all of them cost money. <laughs> they did. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, you gotta get yourself into a queue for the Star Wars ride. Like if you're gonna go and on a Saturday, you know, you want to make sure you're queued up like three years ahead of time. <laughs> so it's it's really tough. And if you miss it, you're not going in. The Millennium Falcon ride was better. You were able to get in and out. I probably could have gone out twice if I wanted to. And I did enjoy it. I, I'll admit, it was a good ride. But the, the land itself is just underwhelming. And I compared it to the, the Harry Potter theme park at Universal, which from what I could tell was, I mean, I, I went in there and it's like, oh, I'm in Diagon Alley. This is clearly mm. Diagon Alley. Mm. There was no doubt. And yes, there was some, you know, you could go into Ollivander's Wad Shop and you could go into and get a butter beer. And then if you wanted to pay out the money, which my daughter did, you could get the, the wand that works in certain areas. And if you wave it in okay. a certain direction then it makes something happen. And it's very interactive. And it's it was like you felt immersed in the movie. And Star Wars, I felt like, oh, it, you know, it felt like content. It just felt like content. That's mm. all it was. I, again, like I say, there was a part of me that, you know, the 16-year-old me would have absolutely murdered my parents to go there. But... Now I just I looked at it and I just thought it's not even worth the flight going over to America to to have a look at it. It just looks it just looked terrible. The only it, the only thing that would have made it worthwhile is if I could have taken a Ray out for a drink, um, but that probably wouldn't have happened. Ray Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, she's like called yeah she's called like Ray Skywalker uh, because she took the name, so that's like what she is now. Uh, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call away Palpatine <laughs> on Twitter and just watch them have a meltdown. I How have they managed to muck this up so badly? Well, that's just the, the the ride in the theme park. Now they made this <laughs> galactic scar cruiser. Now, I don't again, know if, how much no, no. it was. It was like $2,400 a person. I mean, it was insanely expensive. It, yeah. For a weekend... And again, just looking at every part of it, at no point did I look at it and go, well, that's from wherever. You know, if they'd have built like the cantina from Tatooine or something like that, or from Moss Eisley, you could have gone in there and gone, oh, look, there's that guy and there's that guy and there's the band playing. But you're looking at it, it's just, again, generic place to, uh, which is in outer space. It's not actually based on anything Star Warsy at all, as far as I could tell. Star I think it's Wars the money Galactic. as well. I mean, it's so expensive. 
Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser turned out to be a litany of strategic blunders. Chief among these was the price point. At nearly $5,000 for a two-night stay, they immediately placed it out of reach of anyone but the most committed fans or those with a high-level disposable income. It did not represent value for the money, a common complaint with Disney theme park experiences these days. $500 for a two-night stay, maybe $700. I might have been able to stomach $5,000. That's insanity. I think somebody said in the comments when we put the article up, it's kind of, yeah, if a Princess Leia turned up at your apart, uh, your well, place you were staying at 7 o'clock and stayed till 7 in the morning, yeah, I might have gone in for that or a Twelic or something. But <laughs> And she better be in the bikini and she better be not yeah. like Carrie Fisher in Last Jedi. No, my luck, uh, I've got jabbity up. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not what if, I ordered, but coming. <laughs> if you go on an actual disney cruise like an actual boat that actually goes someplace it's like under two thousand dollars for a four-night cruise if you're already in florida everywhere from miami to fort lauderdale to uh port canaveral has three cruise ships a day departing and heading out into the caribbean if you're willing to slum it on a standard carnival ship you could get for seven days including food and a beverage packet for around eight hundred dollars, so what? What could possibly justify five thousand dollars on this land? This hotel? I mean, is that actually? If it, is it actually going into fucking space? Because then maybe I can see it. <laughs> yeah. It's actually cheaper than Jeff Bezos's um, trip into space, or the, yeah. Vir- the Virgin Atlantic yeah. one. <laughs> if that was happening, I might have been able to to stomach it, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Again, who are they aiming this for? Because, I mean, okay, maybe the older Star Wars generation like us guys probably have a bit of money kicking around and stuff, but it's not like anybody new is going to want to go there, is it? You know, who are you going to meet? I ain't got got five grand kicking around for a two-night stay. The only thing I've got in five grand is my weight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this sums it up, though, doesn't it, for what you just said, you know, who are they aiming it for? They clearly don't even know their target audience. No. They've got 40-odd years of history and yeah. research looking at their target audience. I can't get it right. It just shows you the level of incompetence that is yeah. Star Wars right now. Like I say, they've had a couple of hits. I mean, I'm, you know, I I know Andor wasn't my cup of tea, but I'm not going to deny it was a it was a well-made show, yeah. and the same with Mando. But I mean, apart from that, Rogue One was serviceable, but the rest of the stuff oh, is just. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but again, it's it's not it's not kind of you know it's not that original Star Wars, is it? You know, it's kind of like the best that Disney have done. But again, that's kind of like sort of saying you know this is the less this is the most solid turd I found out of all the runny ones here. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I really enjoyed Rogue One. I actually think it's probably the fourth best Star Wars film for me. I prefer it to the prequels. Hmm. Well, yeah, no, no, that's a fair point. I, I, no, no, because yeah, I was I just mean, trying to think, and I was thinking better than the better than the prequels. Nah, yeah, no, actually, yeah. <laughs> is it is it better than Force Awakens and the rest of the sequels? Maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah Rogue One has a lot of problems. Chief among them being your inability to connect emotionally with the characters that's the biggest mm. problem of that movie mm-hmm. the plot is okay there's a few little hiccups that you know they could have done better but 
overall the plot is okay, but the the acting I don't know if it's the acting or the actors or just the characters or whatever, it just blocks of wood that you just can't really yeah. connect to. But yeah, it's probably the best one. I think solo is not bad. Um, those two are, this, both of those are head and shoulders above the sequels. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean again, solo, I it's not it's far from the perfect movie, but it was interesting the way it was done. It was a it was a half decent done you know, comp- I went in there expecting it to be absolutely terrible, and it wasn't absolutely terrible, and it was again perfectly serviceable. Um I still I love the fact that there are people out there on Twitter going, Oh, make solo two happen. Yeah, no. I think my issue is solo. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't, you know, by today's standards, it was all right. But it was just so completely unnecessary. That was my biggest gripe. You kind of think, yeah, why, so am I even, why am I watching this? I don't even, I'm not even interested in Han Solo's backstory. I like the fact that he's a mystery. Yeah, that's that's kind of half the point. That, like you say, you... Bubba Fett, the Bubba Fett show. I oh, I'm so glad I know why he calls him Chewy. Are you kidding? I'm just so happy yeah. to know those things. Who... Who on planet Earth didn't connect that they called him Chewbacca? Or he was called Chewbacca, and then he shortened it to Chewie, and that they felt they had to explain that. I'm, a, I'm assuming modern Star Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. So so his name Chewie is a shortened version of Chewbacca? Whoa. Like, uh, <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. The thing they say. tell you your full name's Philip. <laughs> yeah, I shortened it to Phil. Where does that yeah. come from? Uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, you know it's 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 weird because the I don't feel like the prequels like ruined Star Wars for me. That's the thing. It's like the prequels were bad, but there's still like this underlying idea or framework that I kind of like. It's just executed so poorly. But I mean, it's not. There is, if 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 you've taken his framework and then given it to a competent writer who could have fixed a lot of those problems yeah. and changed a few things here and there, I think there's something there. So, and I, it didn't really mar my enjoyment of the original Star Wars. I mean, I'm I'm more mad at Han Shop first maybe than I was at the prequels, mm. but the sequels really did. I mean, the, the destruction of Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi and just really just taking the air out of my tires as far as my enjoyment of Star Wars, even of the originals to a certain extent. I'm just like so over it now. And I never thought that would ever happen to me. And so when I look at the the two standalone movies, which are objectively better than the prequels, mm. I'm kind of like... I. Everything else has so destroyed my interest that I don't find any... Like, I still had the the desire to go and rewatch the original trilogy here and there, even after the prequels have come out. And now I'm just like, I don't even want to watch those anymore. I mean, for, not that I wouldn't enjoy them, but it's like... Uh, for me, you know it's, it's along yeah. the same lines. It's for me, I, rem- I still remember, like I say, in 99, when... Uh, the special editions came out. Me and my mate went to see them. We saw all three of them in the cinema. And then they had the Phantom Menace came out. And I remember being on dial-up um, modem back then. And it was, no, 97 the special edition came out. 99 was when Phantom Menace came out, sorry. But um, I remember on dial-up and having to download the trailer so I could watch it because I couldn't 
stream it you know and waiting yeah and like the first one i got was like a you know a tiny little version i was kind of trying to watch it so then i left the computer on overnight to download the larger version so i could properly enjoy it and then me and my mate were on the phone and we booked our tickets and we went to see it and all this kind of excitement whereas now I mean, I know they kind of cancelled the slate of movies that are coming out, but when anything new Star Wars is coming out, I am just, eh, mm. you know, completely indifferent to it now. You know, there would have been a time I would have, you know, murdered a cute puppy to go and see a new Star Wars movie, whereas now, yeah. you know, I'm I'm just not that bothered. Yeah, and, and maybe Star Wars should have just stayed the three and been done. I think we're all at that point now. It should have just well, been the three. The problem is we're at that point, but there are still people out there who think, no, let's have more. We can't have enough Star Wars. We need to have as many Star Wars as we possibly can. Mm. Not realizing it takes away that specialness, you know, that yeah. you've got something so special. I love banoffee pie, right? Banoffee pie, easily my favorite dessert. But if I was at a restaurant and they just kept putting banoffee pie on my plate, after a while, I'm going to say, do you know what? Bad enough of this now. You know, to me, banoffee pie is one of those things I have as a treat if I go to a restaurant once, maybe every six months or whatever. And like you say, but with Star Wars, yes, it was a treat when it came out, even the prequels. You know, they weren't the best films, but you look forward to them. Whereas now, Disney have just oversaturated everything. And it's just, and the problem is, is they're oversaturated it with just garbage. It's just, half of it is just awful. Boba Fett and the the, um, Vespers in space. Well, even when the prequels came out, it's like, okay, the prequels aren't good, but in six years we got three movies, and that was pretty much it. I think hmm. you had that Jenny Tartakovsky thing just before Sith came out, the the, the little five-minute animated things leading into yeah. Return of the Sith. And then it wasn't until 2008 that the Clone Wars came out, and even that was just that show. It wasn't like there was just... Tons of Star Wars coming out. And the Clone Wars, I admit, was good. I liked it. But then once Disney, it just factory, like you said, content, content, content. And I, I don't know. What is the next thing Star Wars coming out? I, I have no idea. You've Mando got Mando, Mando 3. Oh, yeah, You've also yeah, got yeah. Um, Ahsoka, which apparently is being worked on by John and Dave. So it's kind of fingers crossed. Um <laughs> Look at uh, you, John and Dave, on first-name terms with them. Oh, yeah, me, yeah, John and Dave and I, yeah, yeah, we're always like having this. a laugh and a, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> we're, we're like this, and on the thumb. Um, <laughs> but just quickly to come back to Clone Wars, somebody uh, who I know sort of said, oh, you should give the last couple of seasons of Clone Wars a go. Now, I've said quite categorically, when the movie came out, I hated it. Hated that the movie. movie. Shit. Horrible film. But the Clone Wars, I have tried to watch it a couple of times, and I've got up to like about the third season. And the one thing that kind of kills it for me is the um, battle on Tatooine. Now the Republic Army is, you know, that yeah, whole introduction. Yeah. I kind of just I, I hate that. that. I don't care. But but I did watch the last two seasons, and I've just finished season seven. And those last four or five episodes were absolutely masterclass. <laughs> um, they genuinely were really good. The whole Ahsoka thing with Darth Maul and everything else. I was re- I was sat there gripped and thinking, this is great. I am, I am, yeah. I am loving this and I'm annoyed at myself for taking so long to watch it. And so now I've put Rebels on, which I've heard is kind of, eh, you know, it's not as good, but it's worth a watch. 
it has some really epic, awesome moments, and I think it it's one of those just like Clone Wars, it gets better as it goes on. It's a little it's okay at the beginning, but it's a little first season takes it, itis. Yeah, you know? gets, gets, takes its time to warm up. But when it does warm up, I mean the you know, when they bring in Vader and Ahsoka and some other characters in there and they just expand the universe, it really, really does a good job. There's a couple of things in there that you may have a go at, which I can understand, but it really didn't bother me too much. It's um, kind of, I kind of understand that because it's like with Clone Wars. Clone Wars, I mean, there were only 20 minute episodes, 23 minutes, whatever they were. Yeah. Um, and there were, most of them were pretty good, but there was a few, like I think when um, Mace Windu in Jar Jar went off to somewhere to save some queen or something yeah. and it was it's like really like sort that, of like yeah. yeah it's filler but the rest of the stuff was actually really decent and even though i knew what the outcome was i was still kind of like oh right okay and you know what is actually going to happen and it was it was just done with love is what it was it was done with love and respect and i like I say i really really liked it well, I, I love the did, idea what's that gone feloni did he do yeah did it's he, Filoni. Yeah, he did all it. that right john there john and Dave. John and Dave, yeah, Dave did it, yeah. Just give him Sounds the keys like to the kingdom, company. get Kennedy out of there, and I think Star Wars can get back on track again. With a bit of luck. He clearly knows, he clearly knows what he's doing. I like the uh, whole idea of them going to that planet where there was the personification of the, the light side and the dark side and then a dude in between that worked with Ben and... Uh, Anakin and an Anakin that must have, the good one. It's a really weird. No, no, no. That must know, have been in one of the seasons I didn't watch. <laughs> it's one of the earlier seasons, but it's a really interesting idea that I like that they were trying things like that without breaking. Yeah. Excuse me, breaking stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I, I liked the Clone Wars. I liked Rebels. I've I've liked the Bad Batch. I haven't watched the new season yet, but I thought it was okay. But it's all Filoni doing that. I'm going to do all right. Uh, Mandalorian, fine. Uh, we'll see the third season. Um, I, I'm I kind of like half looking forward it. to it. But again, it, when he was, was it in Boba Fett? He was building his ship in the, two, yeah. in the two episodes of The Mandalorian, which were in the season of Boba Fett. And they were building that Nubian ship. And obviously that bubble's going on the back. And you're going, oh. Right, okay, so they're just going to bring Baby Yoda back. And again, it's kind of... I, Undermined you know, the but, whole second season. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, But it's just kind of... Baby Yoda does kind of work, but at the same time, I don't need cutesy kind of anymore now. You know, Andor yeah. didn't have enough killing in it. <laughs> I want to see limbs chopped off with lightsabers. Yeah. Now, I admit, Andor was... was I didn't like it as much as you did, Matt, but I do appreciate that they took Star Wars seriously, at least. Mm -hmm. That the Empire didn't feel like a joke anymore in that show. And yeah. there was some some complex storylines going on. It needs some pacing. It has pacing problems. It has some some stuff that they couldn't, you know, keep keep it going. I have some I have some concerns, but overall, I I thought it was a step in the right direction, you know, because yep. we got to do something different with Star Wars, or else you're not making anything that's worthwhile. And it's like I just I'm 
I can't deal with another sequel trilogy. I'll tell you that. No. No. No, I can't. Well, with the exception of Mando, I don't think I can deal with anything that's got Kennedy attached. Yeah. That's, yeah. She generally can't. I mean, she's literally a Star Wars cancer. It just, I've said it a thousand times. It just. And unfortunately, the cancer. She's she's still in a job. Any other industry, probably apart from politics. She would have been out of here by now. <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately, that cancer seems to have spread to Indiana Jones as well. So, well, yeah, exactly. It's a whole new, whole new can of worms. I, again, I just don't understand what the end game was of all this. That if you're, you've got a property that is literally a, a license to print money. You know, if you, mm. if you, if you can't. That kind was of, the it, end game. Well, no, but I mean, it wasn't her end game to make money because she's managed to alienate half the fan base. How on? earth do you do that fine you kind of make it to for this new audience and and of people that are coming out but again i don't know half these people are just idiots don't try and you know pander to them. It's, it's more than half the fan base it's probably 75 oh, yeah. percent of the fan base because 75 yeah. percent of the fan base are, are, are people like us you know so i'm just sick and tired of it She's destroyed the entire fan base to try and cater to a 25% and obviously try and bring in a new audience and a younger audience and audience, female audience. And it's just like not interested. Destroyed it. Female this again. Goes, hopefully, Indy 5, if the rumours are true, it'll be the final now in a long overdue coffin. So I mean, that's it's... why the hotel is going out of business. <laughs> I, again, like I say, this even even if I won the lottery, you know, with a few million quid, I still wouldn't go there. I wouldn't. It's funny enough. I, I many years ago, I would have loved to have gone to Disney World or Euro Disney, but now I am not giving Disney any money. No, I'm I'm done with them too. I didn't, done with it. I I cancelled my Disney Plus a while ago, so so did I. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Uh, so you and I both watched mm-hmm. Triangle of Sadness. Have you seen and this, you... Matt? I've got no idea what it is, mate. Oh, okay. It's when, a movie. When I heard of it, it came up on one of my lists and stuff, and and, the, and it sort of said two social media influencers uh, go on a cruise, and immediately my brain went, no, no, not into that. Not you know, it just sounds it sounds like it's going to be full of people I'm going to hate which it kind of was, but um, but then he got nominated for Best Picture and a couple of people on Twitter who I follow said it was actually very good. So I thought, oh, go on, I'll give it a guy. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it's the direction is masterclass. Uh, it is some of the best direction I've seen in a while. It is really, really good. I thought the script was absolutely delicious the whole way through. And it is full of characters you kind of don't like, but it's it twists the whole social... Um, what's the word social standings on its head that you've got these rich people on a cruise who are being served by the servants, you know, and the toilet cleaners and stuff. But when the boat then crashes onto the Island, it's the suddenly then these, the servants who are the ones who are in power and they become the captain of the Island. And I, I just thought the whole thing that I keep thinking about, how clever the script was, how clever the characters worked out, even down to the final scene and everything. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Hmm. So I might check it out then. Yeah, I I watched it so that so the idea is it's like broken up into three acts, right? Hmm. And I'm not clear on what the guy is trying to say exactly. 
this is one of those movies, and I agree as far as quality, editing, acting, all that kind of stuff, telling a story, it's all it's all good. I mean, it's not like you know garbage or full of plot holes or anything like no. that. It's I, I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on it too much. I did but, just to say I did watch Black Panther this week, and coming from Black Panther, where you're sort of there going, "Why is that happening? Why is this going on?" It's not that. It's actually a well written script, which is a thought about. Yeah, it's a it's a movie. It's a real movie, and I my problem with it was mostly shut up, Madink. Sorry. So, Triangle of Sadness. Are you going to talk, guys talk about movies too? This is a movie. This this to me was was great movie making. Go on, Yoda. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so it starts. It has three acts. So the first act is you got this male model along with her his Instagram influencer girlfriend, who are doing a job, I guess in Paris or so. I don't remember where it was. And then. They sit down, they have dinner, and she kind of manipulatively gets him, implies, thank you for paying for it. Even though apparently they had discussed it beforehand, and she said she was going to pay. But then she kind of played that game, and he called her (laughs) on the game, but he was kind of a whiny puss about the whole thing, and she was a manipulative... And I'm already put off by these two, you know, because they would just like talk to each other properly, which they kind of did finally at the end of this this first act when they got back to the hotel. And you've kinda, you've never had a conversation like that with with someone. Yeah, I thought you I were have. paying. You know, no, no, no. I thought you were paying. You know, and uh, to me, like I say, immediately kicked off is that's a conversation I've had many a time with my missus. <laughs> you said know. you were going to pay when three years ago. You said. <laughs> But was it was it about it was more about her manipulation than it was about arguing about a misunderstanding, right? No, yeah, yeah. That's what he was mad about is the way she was trying to manipulate, and she admitted that she manipulates, which that I was kind of appreciative. It's like okay, they they're actually talking to each other, like they're they're breaking through something that shows growth. I like that, and then. But but I I don't know if they were talking like I've I read some stuff online. They were talking about male and female roles in a relationship and who does what and that kind of thing. I'm like, well, what is, is that what they were doing here? So then they get to the ship. The next act two, they're on the ship. And on they get on the ship cruise. It's a, it's a smaller ship. It's not like Carnival Cruise Lines. It's a, it's a cruise ship, but it's, it's, it's for the ultra, 40 people. It's for the ultra rich though. You ultra know, it's rich. yeah. And they get a free cruise because they're, Influencers, so they just take a lot of pictures and stuff of her in a bikini, which admittedly she looks good. And the captain is a big drunk, and he doesn't want to do anything with these people. And the rich people are all—they're not like. Well, they are, but they're weird <laughs> assholes. It's like it's that self-involvement where they think they're doing good. Like the yeah. one lady, she gets the guy, she gets the the crew lady to take a swim with her, which she doesn't yeah. want to do because she's trying to do her job. And then she says, "Nope, we're gonna let make all we're gonna get everybody to take all, a swim all the staff." Yeah. A, yeah, and she's doing this because she thinks she's such a good person, and she's being so nice to these people. In the meantime, the the chef and every says, "Well, if I leave, this food is gonna go bad." It's like, well, this is what the rich people want, so this is what we do. So they don't say boo to these people. 
don't tell them why this is a bad idea or anything. They take the swim. The captain doesn't want to do the his. He has to have dinner with the, with the, the captain's tables. Yeah, right at the captain's table. And so he decides to do it on the day that there's an actual storm, which they say that's a bad worst day to do it. So what day does he pick? He picks the day where there's a storm. So the ship is rocking and it's going back and forth, and and it's it's not great. And then they bring out all the food, which apparently has gone bad, and it turns into a literal shit show. It's kind <laughs> of like the scene with Mister and shit everywhere. It's, it's kind of like the scene with Mister Creosote in Meaning of Life. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like throwing, and it's. It, I was quite surprised at how well it was done because one thing I hate is when you see actors going, and then obviously spitting out the mouth that they, the, the, the mouthful of vomit or whatever right. it is they've got. Whereas this was kind of like I was looking at it and going, she hasn't got a thing in her mouth. No, she's she's is it's, she throwing I'm up? Sure it, was it had to be, CG. but it, it was really well done. <laughs> you know that they took Epicac before the scene. I don't know what they did, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, and I mean, the toilet is overflowing and it's, it's leaving shit all over the, and then all the, all the, the crew come out like almost like worker ants, you know, to just carry just on cleaning, cleaning up, yeah. just carry on cleaning. Like and they don't, they don't even, they have no emotion towards it at all. It's just like, this, this is what we do. We clean up shit. Yeah. They didn't even care. And there's two people on the ship that are that make weapons. They're like this old couple that made a lot of grenades. And so, so sweet. Morning, Such a sweet couple. <laughs> that was actually the funniest moment in the entire movie for me, uh-huh. is when they get raided by, looks like Somali pirates or something. I don't know. And one of them tosses a grenade and the old couple sees it. She goes, oh, look, Winston, isn't this one of ours? Boom. <laughs> um, and, the again, ship, and the ship sinks, right? You've, uh, you also didn't mention the fact that um, Woody Holson is the captain. And the, the two things I loved about him was was they've got all this fine dining and oyster cuisine in sauces and, and, and duck and all this he kind of stuff. And he, he's got a cheeseburger and chips. And he's like, oh, I'm not into fancy food. Um, but the other bit is where he gets drunk with the Russian guy and then they start quoting communist propaganda over yeah. the tannoy. <laughs> The, the Soviet guy is a capitalist, and, yeah. and Woody Harrelson is a communist, and they start going back and forth over the loudspeaker system while everybody's throwing up and pissing and shitting all their brains out. And I'm going, okay, is this... Satire? What? Yeah, I'm like, okay, are, is he trying to say that this is a, you know, the rich or that we're... I mean, the only thing I could come out of this, and I'll get to the shipwreck scene. The only thing I come out of this, I, I guess we're all just fucking narcissists. It doesn't matter who we are. We're just we're just stuck in our own little worlds. Mm. And whether you're cleaning shit on the deck or you're just doing whatever some authority tells you to do for money, or you're a rich person just playing games, or you're, I I, I don't know. So then they, the ship sinks, and a small group make it to the island, most of our cast. And then the next day, one of the Hispanic uh, maids, toilet cleaners, uh, they, her lifeboat washes up on the shore, and they find her. And she's the only one that has any type of survival skills. So when she can make a fish, 
And when she can cook a f make a fire and cook fish and catch fish, she is the rich person on the island. And like all, you know, it's all it's all relative, right? It's all relative to your circumstances. Mm. If everything's good, rich is being on a giant, amazing ship. And when you're where money can buy you anything, with, when you're on an island anything. where you, yeah you can't spend any of that. My favorite bit is where she sleeps in the dinghy because it's like an enclosed dinghy with a with right, a porthole. That might as well be every. That is extravagance at that point, right? No, it's but just, what I mean is, is, is she's because. Uh, yeah, she basically she catches an octopus and then cooks, makes a fire and cooks it. And then when she's dishing it out, it's like one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. And so she's got this big pile of octopus. And this other woman goes, "Well, what's that?" She said, "Well, this is mine." She said, "Well, why is why is it yours?" She goes, "Well, I I cooked it and I caught it and I I made the fire. What have you lot done?" And so she says, "She's the captain so is of this the a island." Pro capitalist thing? Like no, I don't know. No, no, to me, I don't. See, to, again, this is because I don't look at things in a political view, but, I mean, to me, it was kind of how the power corrupts because, obviously, she ends up with all the power, but then she just ends up getting corrupted by it, I thought. I think that's true. I think that, that that's definitely in there, but it was also, to me, it was like, because they, they made a point of having Woody Harrelson and the Russian guy talk about these two economic systems, right? Yeah. They, they went on and on about it, which is rich, poor, and all this kind of stuff. So I was looking at it going, okay, if, if all you have is sand, the person with the fire is the ultra wealthy, right? Yeah. And so, and the ultra wealthy, no matter what the circumstances, are pricks. Yeah. And so Ultimately. everybody was a prick in this, and <laughs> nobody is good. And we should all just kill ourselves, I guess. I don't know. It's like, I, I'm kind of getting out of this. I'm like going, there's no good people here. Nobody's learning anything. Nobody is, is, I mean, it's just like when opportunity comes, it doesn't matter whether you come from poor circumstances or rich circumstances. When opportunity comes, you will be a prick. The, the guy that was with the, the Instagram girl sells his body, basically whores himself so he can for, keep for pretzels for her. For pretzels. For pretzels, Yeah. <laughs> Which he does give to his his girlfriend, it and then doesn't share with really the others. On an island, they're yeah. on a they're on a beach resort, and the lady realizes that she's going to lose all her power because they're all going they're they're already rescued. They're already beach resort. She's, so she's about ready to kill oh, the Instagram fine. model. Okay, I guess you know you can kind of like I can kind of understand. It's like oh, we're going to learn that you know we need to treat each other better. And that kind of stuff. And we need to not be so worried about material things to a certain extent and not let power go to our heads. I, I guess that's the thing. But it, it's like nobody seemed to learn that lesson. So I'm going, okay, I, I guess we're all shit. Great. I, I mean, what a nice I movie. I don't know if I, if I like took a lesson out of it as such. It was just an interesting stance on how power can shift and then how power can corrupt to me. I like so I don't, I don't think I came away with. with with anything sort of like, you know, I need to be a better person. And if I'm ever in that situation, I should do this. You know, it, to me, it was just an interesting story of, of how social class can change. And, you know, ultimately money can't buy you everything. Like you say, when you're, when you're on a, a desert, a deserted Island full of sand, you know, it, money means absolutely nothing. The bit that, the bit, like but I said, that got me was. No, <sighs> I, I disagree. It can buy you everything. You just start looking at it as money being a pound or a dollar. On that island, money oh, okay. was a fire, 
and food. And, food. Yeah. Right? And so it bought her the hottest guy on the island and the best place to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, okay. I, I, that's, you know, I, just, I is, found the thing just so nihilistic, you know? The I thing is, that's, that's what with it, me off about it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, to me, I do love a good, <laughs> say, miserable story. I do like a movie with a, you know, which is not exactly a happy ending. Whereas with this, I can't see us talking this long about Black Panther. <laughs> right? No, I agree. Whereas, I agree. With this movie, I just felt, A, the direction was brilliant. The script was fantastic. The cast were excellent. And it's just one of those films that now and then just pops back into my head of, oh, right, so, you know, what? Oh, you know, you know what? He, he sold his soul. You know, he sold his own body for these pretzels. And, you know, but at the beginning, he was... And, and like I say, it's just one of those films that I just thought was brilliant because it just kept me thinking about it. And it was just... it. Again, it was really well done in a time and place where we are surrounded by crap. And so when something actually decent pops up like this, I was loving it. So you gave it five stars? Totally. And what would you give it, Yoda? Three to three and a half. And I, I think it's mostly... I Phil, you're not wrong. This is a well-put-together movie that does make you think. And I do appreciate that. But... Take a, a a really dark movie like The War of the Roses, you know, where mm. they both end up dead, right? <laughs> um, it still had this air of, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be this way, right? Mm. Like if you you could take this this tale of terrible, sad ending, but you could still. You know, like Danny DeVito at the end of it, it's like, go go fix your, your you try to find something with your wife and see if you can fix it. And the guy walks out and tries to fix his marriage at the end, right? It's like there there is still a choice that we can make that it doesn't have to be this dark. And I think that's what turned me off of this movie. I felt like it doesn't matter what we do. We are all shit. And that's why I, <laughs> I it turned me off. I'm sorry. That's, it wasn't oh, see, that it was I, a terrible movie. It's just the message just kind of is off-putting to but me. But maybe, maybe that message, message which, I was going to say, if that is the message, then maybe I, I liked it because I came to terms with that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And it's weird because we haven't even it? got... Where can I watch it? Online? I think it's I on know. Amazon. No, no, no. I think it's oh, on yeah. Amazon Prime, but I think it's only on the American one, so you might have to use a VPN to get it. Yeah. I'm sure but you can other find than it because it's out there digitally, so I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Yeah. I, I, like I, I say, I, yeah. I, re I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. It's it's a complex movie. I should... I, it sounds like I just hated it, and I didn't. I was <laughs> no. watching it's, it the entire time. I was, I was, I was there. I was with it. Just, just was like, Okay, he's running mm. through the forest, and she's about ready to get killed. That's that's who we are. Okay, is he going to rescue her? Does he know this? I don't know. See, to me, the the bit that got me, and this is small spoilers, Matt. So I apologise now, but no, when he's on that final shot where he's running through to get back to obviously civilization, I got the impression that his face was getting cut up from all the thorns and everything else. And I was thinking how desperate he was to get back to his normal life, that he was willing to then kind of sacrifice the only thing that brought him in money was his looks. But does he know it's a normal life that he's running to? No, I, I know. That's what I mean. 
but again, it's one of those films where it's kind of like Inception, you know, where afterwards you're going, yeah, but what about this? Oh, yeah. and it promotes discussion. And like I say, I like I say, I really rated it. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good watch. I yeah, I think this this is solely not judging the quality of the movie for me, but more along the lines of whether or not it resonated. And that's with you. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's a different. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. measurement. Anyway, right, come on. Oh, where's the hillbilly? That's Heidi. Where's the hillbilly? Um, literally, I said I do the comments, Yoda. Uh, I'm sorry. I was trying to turn off the banner. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, literally, he's probably uh, in a field uh, with a tied up either animal or woman. He, uh, he said we're not last sure. week, it's nothing to do with, did he say, was it a family thing he was doing? Well, same thing then, still. <laughs> he's in a field tied up with someone. <laughs> it puts a lotion on its skin. <laughs> uh, Okie doke. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I, I do recommend watching it how about that what? i do yeah, recommend okay. watching it i, I can ki- i can understand why it's not everyone's cup of tea but for yeah. me like i say it was that and babylon to me were a fantastic start to the year i was going to try babylon and i i, I was going to try to watch it before this and i looked at it, it was like three hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i was i think i watched it in two parts because i was kind of the same but babylon is fantastic absolutely i again very highly rated movie watch it by I'll next week i'll definitely watch that in the week it's it's incredibly clever it's incredibly well written i thought um okay. i think somebody on the somebody in the comments sort of said it was definitely not a five-star movie and i just think i don't know i don't know what you were missing because i mean i was fascinated with the way the story panned out the ending was brilliant there are absolutely brilliant bits of comic moments in there the whole bit where because in singing in the rain the bit where they discover discover sound where they have the sound and she keeps moving and they keep having to move the microphone it's done in the same way but like a million times darker (laughs) and my favorite bit is where everything's going through okay and then somebody sneezes and the producer turns around going who the what is that you your jewish nose and he starts having a right anti-semitic rant at this guy for sneezing because they've done this scene like 20 times and they still haven't got it right and it's just i like to say it's a it's very very dark it's it is very funny it's very nihilistic but i just honestly i thought it was really really clever really really well done yeah i'll watch that in the week then Yoda is coming all over the walls because the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Yes, that's is true. Oh, okay, that's what that stuff is in the background. I didn't know what it was. Yes. Um, <laughs> good for you. So uh, those, well those done. Walls used to be white. Go sports. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs are my team, and they have been for pretty much all my life. And Super Bowl is pretty much a national holiday in this country at this point. So, well, well, if happy, your team happy. is in the Super Bowl. It's a big deal. Uh, happy, happy, uh, enjoy, enjoy watching Hand Egg. Whatever. Because <laughs> it's not football, is it? You know, it's Hand Egg. They kick the ball. Uh, it's not a ball. It's an egg-shaped thing. <laughs> anyway, right, so. You're not going to no. damper my parade here, Phil. It's my team in the Super Bowl. It's kick-ass. Go Chiefs. 
Hooray. Now, right, now it's... DCU. I was just going to say, now it's time for Matt to cream all over the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Well, so, in a nutshell, James Gunn is kind of the Kevin Fiage. <laughs> Kevin <Like> Fiage. <laughs> it's, the, it's what they're thinking is going to be the Kevin Feige of the DCU. And so he's kind of resetting everything to hopefully start from a new springboard to go forward. Um, Matt, you've been keeping a particularly close eye on this, haven't you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, DC's my thing. Um, so I, what have you made of it so far? Mixed okay. emotions, if I'm honest. Obviously, I'm happy we're going to get another new Superman film. That's good. But at the same time, I'm obviously gutted Henry's out. But I understand hmm. why Henry's out because... He's 39 now. New Superman films, not for another two years. So that would make him 41, maybe even coming up to 42. So he's too old, really, for the part. So I understand that. He I still looks understand. pretty good, though. Yeah, he does. But <laughs> I think they're doing a whole 10-year arc, aren't they? So, you know... They, oh, they okay. Push, 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 push. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. So I understand that. I don't understand why we're potentially still getting... Jason Momoa is staying on as Aqua Dude. I don't certainly don't understand why they haven't just said Ezra Miller on your bike. Why <laughs> that's still an option? Um, so yeah, mixed emotions, really, mate. Part of me is really excited to hopefully have some direction and some some focus at the DCU, but then at the same time, it just seems a little bit all over the place again. It's like oh. If, if Flashpoint's going to reset everything, then reset everything. Don't keep Momoa on. Yeah, that, that's. I discuss yeah. Ezra maybe staying on after Flash. Yeah, and you know, and then I'm seeing reports yesterday that maybe Wonder Woman's showing up in the new Shazam film. There's some screenshots that could potentially be Wonder Woman. She's so like, well, what is going? You know, what is going on? Yeah, like you say, reset it or just or, or carry on. And if you're going to yeah. carry on, don't get rid of... Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman has been brilliant, I thought. You know, yeah. I mean, the movies are... Well, the first one was serviceable. The second one was terrible. Um, yeah. But she's been great as Wonder Woman. And, I mean, even Batfleck has been, you know, again, serviceable and decent as Batman. Cavalli's yeah. been perfect casting. So yeah. if you are going to... If you're going to keep these people, like I say, don't keep Momoa... <laughs> on because it's kind of yeah. you know if you're going to reset and reset the whole thing maybe they've just signed on for a big deal and it's kind of they can't get out of it now or something uh, or maybe it's just keeping people guessing and he doesn't want to reveal everything so I, that's true again yeah. flash, the flash is obviously going to be the the big finale so they're probably just keeping their cards close to their chest and and not revealing anything but but then again saying that isn't aquaman 2 coming out after the flash oh, do you know what i've no idea I, again, it's one of those scenarios where I think when um, Feige came in, Viage, whatever you want to call him, when he came in, he had that chance to reset everything and just go from scratch. Obviously, you know, well, no, I mean, you didn't, you had like a Captain America in the 1970s and you 1980s and there was a Spider-Man movie and some Spider-Man cartoons and stuff, but there wasn't anything major. And again, they kind of turned up in TV series and stuff, didn't they? But actually sort of starting from scratch you know because i had no idea who iron man was i'd never read the comic books and so oh, really? to me no you know i just i'd never got into comics when i was a kid um 
I used to read much more educational things. No, um, <laughs> like the newspaper, like the sun. Um, <laughs> no, I, I didn't know it was, but because of that, it started then this this road which they went down, which from Iron Man to Endgame was perfection. It was it was brilliant what he did, and uh, you can't deny. It's something that will still never be achieved. Even if James Gunn does the same thing, I just don't think it's going to be on the same kind of scale. I'll take my hat off and say it's very clever what they did, the whole plan and get get to Endgame and that that was the big finale. I'm fine, but I'll always maintain that 50% or more Marvel movies are average at best. Yeah, I, yeah. I just don't understand what Gunn is... Like he comes out, he's like, okay, well, we're gonna do, we're gonna do a a thing on Themyscira before there was Wonder Woman. I'm like, okay, then we're gonna do the Authority. I'm like, who the fuck is the Authority? You're talking to a guy. I mean, I know who the Phantom Stranger is, Crimson Avenger, Spy Smasher, Ma Hunkle as the Red Tornado, Count Iblis. I mean, my. I, I could go pretty deep on DC lore and characters that nobody's ever fucking heard of. And when you come up with the authority, I'm going, who? I mean, what is the regular <laughs> normie going to, you know, they want to hear Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Flash, mm. Green Lantern. Oh, we're going to do Green Lantern. It's going to be like True Detective. I'm like, oh, well, that's something I've been waiting for. What? Mm. I, I don't understand where he's going with this. And then he's picking out these real esoteric characters. Look, Viola Davis is great as Amanda Waller, but do, do we need to start this whole thing with a movie about her? Uh-huh. And granted, Iron Man was a C-list character, B-list at best, that they started the whole MCU off of. But he wasn't completely unknown. And Marvel was kind of, they had to work with what they had. They didn't have mm. Spider-Man. No. They didn't have uh x-men they didn't have the fantastic four Mm -hmm. so they they worked with the characters that they still had that was captain america was basically the original avengers they Mm. didn't even really have the hulk and the only way they can use the hulk is when he's in with some other thing and so given that they had all these constraints i'm kind of like give them a pass that they went with some more d-list characters to try to start off this mcu and it it was a gamble that worked. Warner doesn't have that problem. They own everything outright. Mm. So you give it to Gunn. Gunn says, it's like, what, which, which, uh, which superhero movie are you going to do? I'm going to do <laughs> yeah. the authority. And Crim- yeah. Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos. What? Squ- squirrel Girl. <laughs> that's, that's what concerns me as well, is the fact that <laughs> Yoda. He, he hit gold. He hit gold with Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, a ragtag group of misfits that come together, and he's he's trying to he's trying to capture lightning in a bottle again with this creature commandos with the authority, and it's like like you said, Yoda, concentrate on the big hitters. Let's get this done properly. I'm not interested in. I'm certainly not interested in Waller, and again, that goes back to the whole Snyderverse thing because you had Batfleck appearing. In uh, in one of the Suicide Squads after credit scenes, so that's still linked to the, the Snyderverse. You got the obviously she's got yeah, I mean, maker. It's just it's just still it's still well, so it's, it's two different problems, right? One, you're oh. rebooting the universe, and two, you're not being very 
clear about where the reboot is happening and what's coming through and why it's happening. Now, maybe the Flash movie clears all this up. I don't know. But I'm like going, okay, what? I guess they're doing a Superman legacy and then a Supergirl. And it just feels like they're they're not like you have this whole template. You you know, they're yeah. if anything, the DC animated universe I still think did it best. The Batman from Bruce Tim, the Justice League, Superman from Bruce Tim, and all the stuff that they did there, they did it the best. And I'm I'm going, okay, you have all this template, you could do something very similar to that. And creature command I, I look, James Gunn does a great job with something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is almost often its own separate deal mm, yeah. from the rest of the Marvel universe. They kind of come in and out, but they're really separated out. And he had more room to play in that sector than he could have with say Captain America or something. But now with all his gunisms and everything, like what he had with Peacemaker, which kind of all the jokes kind of went too much. I, I'm skeptical. I'm just, I'm yeah. very skeptical about how this is going to go. Is he, I must admit, I haven't paid all that much attention to it purely because I, I'm getting to the point of saturation with comic book movies, you know, and, and so forth. And I think Gunn has got a, he's got to then kind of reset it. He doesn't want to do it like Marvel and everything else. He's got to do all this, but he's also then got the fact that a lot of people are in the same boat that no matter how good a super movie superhero movie is, it's still a superhero movie, you know, and people are getting a bit, you know, another one. And so I do feel for him on that score. And like I say, so I haven't really kept up with it, but maybe he's choosing some of these lesser known characters to kind of, reset over a couple of years so that then he can kind of reintroduce Batman and Superman once they've got all the casting and that done for him. Yeah, but yeah. the thing should or, be built, built around or, or done, Or done, that. as Heidi said, gayer and safer. Mm. <laughs> I Build don't know. Yeah. Superman and Batman, not these, I mean, Z-list characters, really, let's be honest. Well, there could, like the authority, I guess, now that I've re researched it a bit i guess they are a a superhero group that is more authoritative obviously from the name yeah. than they should be and maybe the justice league grows out of that to fight them like maybe they're the the kickoff of all this i, I mean i think there's something that can be done there i'm not i don't want to just say there's nothing that can be done but i don't i just i just don't know it doesn't feel like they've really got a a really solid plan yet. And you don't mm. have to do exactly what the MCU did, but again though, is I, this I just part of Gunn's guy? I was gonna say, is this part of Gunn's plan to sort of subvert expectations, which is a wonderful line I always love to hear. Um yeah. but is he is he doing this to kind of make guys like you kind of throw you off that scent a little bit and actually what he's going to do is is something completely different but i mean the problem with that is is like with hollywood like the whole fact of michael keaton coming back in the flash and stuff you can't keep anything a secret you know and so if he is then gonna sort of you know start doing new stuff it's gonna leak and it's it's gonna get out there and it's gonna spoil what kind of surprise it would have been well but you mentioned um yeah. superhero fatigue mm. And Kevin Feige was kind of asked about that. And he's like, well, there have been comics going on for 80, 90 years, and they've, they've stayed strong. 
and they've been able to make good stories and people have enjoyed them for decade after decade. And I, I honestly think there's some truth to that. I, you know, like why, if, if these stories can continue on, they keep getting bought by new generations and kids love them and, mm. and adults remember them and they've come with new stories. You know, you could think probably every decade of, of a great story or great ideas that came out of those decades. So I, I think there is a lot to be mined there, but they seem to be just like M- MCU just went off the deep end making shit that was specifically designed to piss you off or was lazy at the at yep. best. And I don't know the way he's talking about the, the DCU or whatever they're calling it. I just feel like there's a lot of that same kind of mindset where they don't know <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. And they're not look. They're turning their nose up at the great stories that were already out there, or mm. they're adapting them, but they lose everything that made those stories great in the first place. I think again, that's kind of half the problem. And again, not coming back to Star Wars, but I mean, you had the Thrawn trilogy of books, which is one of the rare books that I've read. The, the, the three of them, they were fantastic. But then, if you converted them, I can't imagine there's many Star Wars fans that would have seen them but the ones that would have done would have loved to have seen it made anyway so it's not like you you know it's not like if they had made the Thrawn trilogy a bunch of Star Wars fans are going well I've read the book I'm not going to bother seeing the film <laughs> you know that wouldn't have happened and if they have great stories from the past of 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 people like me who have never read the comic books they could still a turn those things to life for, for fans like you guys but then also engage people like me to go and see it as well yeah I mean I I know you love the the Snyderverse, Matt. I I think it needed to be trashed. I don't like it at all. I don't think it it mm-hmm. works for Superman. It did okay for Batman, but it's like Batman v Superman. They bring out the Dark Knight Returns armor so that they can mm-hmm. have a fight. But that that movie was nothing. What Dark Knight Returns? It, it it wasn't any of the themes or understanding of what Dark Knight was. You're just bringing in you know member berries. And then you're doing this very nihilistic Superman. Yeah. And then you're doing this very nihilistic Superman who just is moping through the whole movie like he doesn't want to be saving anybody or is just, (laughs) I got this ship here. I'm pulling it to shore. Fuck me. Woe is me. I got all these powers. I'm like, what is... This is not... Superman was always bright and cheerful and sunny. That's what made it fun to see him go and spar and partner with Batman because of their different... Mm. Yeah. ways of dealing with things and they learn mm. from each other that was that the conflict was the interesting thing if you make superman batman what's interesting now yeah and what do we need batman for and but then this is this is the whole thing there so draw a line in the sand move on from it the snyderverse was obviously very divisive you either loved it or you hated it draw a line in the sand and start again Get rid of yeah. which. Well, I, I, I mean, logistically, there's some issues there, right? You have movies in the can. You mm. can't just throw all yeah. of them on the shelf like you did with Batgirl. It's you, yeah, you <laughs> not another money. one. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, you know, and and to a certain extent, I would love to see them keep Shazam. Now, I haven't seen the second one, but I like the first one a lot. I feel like mm. it's the only. I feel like out of all the DCEU, it's the only one that's really captured the character properly um but yeah it's just me it's just my taste uh batman maybe 
Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, yes. Second Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I, I just, all the rest of it is like, I don't care. I, I don't feel like they captured Superman properly. I do agree with the casting. I think Cavill could do great mm. if he had a better script and better things mm-hmm. to work with. Uh, because he's got the look, he's got the mannerism, he, he's, he's got that, that un, like he, he's, he's very powerful. He had the same thing Christopher Reeve has, where he's, yeah. he looks very powerful, but he also looks very approachable and good and, yeah. and affable, yeah. you know? That's a tough thing to, to get. So yeah, I love him as Superman. I just don't like what they did with Superman. So Matt earlier sent us some pictures of who they look like they may be casting for the new Justice League. Oh, go on. What are you going to say, Matt? No, no. Well, no, what it is, is because obviously the whole, the direction it's all going is going to be, Superman's now going to be about 25 to maybe 28, which is one of the reasons Cavill's gone. We've right. now got a new, we're going to have a new Batman who's going to be with Damien Wayne, his son. Damien Wayne's 14, which would make Batman probably about 40. Obviously, you can have Supergirl. So I was just looking, just for sake of argument today, and just having a chat today of who people are discussing that could potentially be cast for these next weeks. Oh, so this is this is nothing sense. official? Nothing no, official? Who, oh, okay. These are just like fan casting. So it's just from various sites, and I've just collected like the majority of the votes that people have been receiving. Okay, look, well, let's bring up the first one. Can you take us through, here we go, look, this is the casting for Batman. Can you take us through some of them? <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> I think you might have a problem with Chad. <laughs> no, I put his ages oh, dead. That's the top of my list. I want to see them just trot out his corpse and do a weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Batman. <laughs> you, don't, you don't fancy Leslie Jones then? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Billy, Billy, oh my <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Matt sent that through this afternoon, and I thought, oh, I think for the first one, I think I'll change some of those. I mean, to be fair, Jennifer Lawrence has got the range, and she is the first female action hero of all time, so she could play it. <laughs> she would. I think she would be the first Batman as well. Ever. <laughs> first female Batman. Exactly. Okie doke. Yeah. Right. So the real list that Matt came up with was. These people here. Right. So, so Matt, take a, the take them that, through us. So these are the people that the interwebs have been talking about who they think will either get cast or in for the running or who they would prefer to be cast as the Batman. So, like I said, going by the fact that Damien's going to be in this and he's, he's 14 in the comics, which will make Batman, say, about 40. Um, so, obviously, you've got Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey. He's quite a, a big front runner, bit of a fan favourite. He's the right age. He's a bit short at five foot nine. I know obviously it's movies and we can adjust that. Batman's six two. Um Tom Cruise can look six foot anyway, can <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean he was Jack Reacher. And we've got Reach I mean, you've got Alan Ritson, would who mm. I think would be an amazing Batman. He's got the jaw. He's big, he's yeah, he's huge. Yeah. Um it pretty much ticks all the boxes for me. Jensen Eccles. Maybe a bit old, forty-four by the time this comes out. I mean, what's what's he been in? Time. What's he uh, been Jensen in? Jensen Eccles. Yeah, he's he's well, he's coming in the boys. He was in. Um, oh, okay. What's that? What's that one? You know, the, he was in Smallville, I think. 
I, I want to say he was in Smallville. Let me look it up. Brilliant. We did our own work on these. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's been the voice of Batman. He's also been the voice of Red Hood in the animated stuff as well. So he's a big fan. Yeah. Favorite. He played Doomsday, I think, in Smallville. No, that wasn't him. Let's see. Jason Teague. Maybe, maybe that's. I can't even Jason. spell his name. I'm such an idiot. Jen- right, Jensen Ackles. Jensen, that's why. Jensen. Jensen. So he's Oh, he was in super. He was in Supernatural as well. Supernatural. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's a bit of a fan favorite. Obviously, got Jake Glenn Hall. Um, he's always been rumored to be be a Batman. He'd be quite a good Batman. Jake Hinnagle is one of those guys. I I I kind of hate him because he's damn yeah. good looking, and he's no 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 no. Oh. It's in he's damn good looking, and he's a brilliant, uh, you know, Nightcrawler, and just like basically everything he's in is always just great, you know. And I yeah. just like I say I hate him because I'm completely and utterly jealous of him. Get <laughs> this, Jen- Jensen Ackles was in the 2001 movie Blonde about Marilyn Monroe's. Life. Was he? It was also called was Blonde he? in 2001. Oh, okay. Oh, right. 2001. Oh, right. Okay. That's just weird to me that they had both of those. So that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know about Jensen Ackles. I saw him in Boys. I, I, I don't know about him. I really nah. don't like Jake Gyllenhaal for this. I like him. I just don't like him for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, maybe. What has Luke Grimes been in? Right, so Luke Grimes, that's my pick. He's um he's from Yellowstone. He's the son in Yellowstone. Oh yeah. Uh, hmm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's got he's got a nice he, what I liked about him, especially in Yellowstone, he's got that nice he's got the compassionate side to him, which we've seen throughout the series, but he's also got that dark side. And he's obviously he's prone to do some good action scenes as well. So I think he could be quite a dark horse if they think about it. And he's the he's the perfect age. Good you mean no, not a dark horse, but you mean the Dark Knight? He's a Dark Knight. He's a Dark Knight. <laughs> so he's my, Thank he's you. my, he's my suggestion. But I think if I was to pick any out of those five fan favourites or five rumours, Rich, Richson would, Alan Richson would probably take my vote. Billy Eisner for me. Yeah, that dirty little woman. Okay, so Robin or Damon. Wayne. Damien, so you said Damien, this, Damien, sorry, Damien Wayne. You so you saying that this is again I say I had no no previous knowledge of this. So Batman obviously has kids with Catwoman or just with some Brando? No, with uh, uh, Talia Talia. Al Ghul. Yeah. Who's Charles okay. Al Ghul's daughter. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I did know that. I did know that. Um I have He gets that raised by the League of Shadows for ten years yeah. before they drop him off at Batman's doorstep. Here's your son. He's a killing machine. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, with a awesome. Like his dad as well. He's actually a really good character. He's a have, any, quick. have any of these guys He's done kind of anything before that we'd know him from? Right, so Aidan Gallagher is in the Umbrella Academy. Okay. So, obviously, Damien Wayne's 14. That's if they if they stick true to the comics. You know, they might age mm. him up a little bit. Um Javon, J- is it Javon? Javon Walton. He was in that Sylvester Stallone one, Samaritan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ooh, he yeah, lo- yeah. He looks older than, I mean, not in there he doesn't, but he looked older than 16 in the movie. Yeah, yeah, so he's 16. So, 
He's, he could be quite good. The Walker Scoble, he was he played the young Ryan Reynolds in that time traveling Netflix thing. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Um, oh. A very memorable oh. movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jacob Tremblay, yeah. I've heard of him. I, what has he been in? Yeah, I had to look him up. I'd never heard of him either. I think he was that um, the retard son in The Predator. Okay. Again, very very memorable movie. (laughs) Maybe I just. And who's Brecken Merrill? Brecken Merrill again. He's a Yellowstone guy. He's actually he plays the son of the bloke who I said could actually be a good Batman from Yellowstone as well. So that could be quite a nice little partnership going there as well. And, And again, he's a good. He's a good little actor. So I think Aiden Gallagher's probably be too old. If this is two years away, you know, he's going to be 21 playing a 14-year-old, even though this bloke's built like a stick. So he might... they got de-aging technology. Ask him, Indiana Jones. Um, (laughs) And and so, but this is somebody that they have announced they are going to be introducing into this new DCU. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So the Batman, which is going to be based on Batman by Grant Morrison and also Batman... Brave and bold. They're not adapting these comics, but that's who they're using for inspiration. So yeah, okay, you are going to be seeing Batman with a Damian Wayne Robin. Okay. Now I like this list. <laughs> I don't it know why. A fun one to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fourteen hours later, and sixteen box of tissues uh, later. Um, yeah. So Supergirl at sixteen. Oops. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought they said twenty-six. Looking like Supergirl. Because obviously the Supergirl in the Flash has got black hair and she's, I think she's Latino or something, which is fucking ridiculous. So let's get Supergirl looking like Supergirl. And again, these are fan favourites or wish lists. No, um, Sydney Nicola Sweeney Peltz. has no problem. Sydney Sweeney has no problem <laughs> taking off her clothes. And so that would <laughs> yeah, really yeah. work yeah, for some fan think, fiction of mine. Uh, Yoda, I think you'll find she does sure. have a problem with it. <laughs> Especially when her family watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, think I know for it, for Supergirl because you know, uh, so to, again, you know, Matt, Batman. take us take us through this list. Right, so Nicola Peltz is for some reason she's appeared on several lists really high up. She looks the part. She's twenty eight though, so that's a big factor. And I've, I've recently found out that she's actually married to one of David Beckham's kids as well. Yeah, no, no. Mm-hmm. So she, what was she in? She's in something fairly recently. Oh, I think she was in one of the Transformers films. Yeah. So, Great. Uh, Michelle Bankoff, she's from uh, 1923, I don't know if you've seen that yet. The Yellowstone Spirit. Uh Yes, I've been watching it. She's, um, she's a little too, I, I don't know, she doesn't, She's a little too. I mean, it's the character she's playing, but she doesn't come across as like a Supergirl to me. She comes across like a, I don't know, a dingy girl. I mean, I'm. She's not stupid in there. She just. I'm not being funny, but that photo of that Michelle girl looks like a profile of a bot on Tinder. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, you, you know those I'm those like fake. <laughs> Yeah, but you obviously know it's run by somebody who looks like us, is what I mean. Yeah, but they've got a photo off the internet, a generic photo, and she just looks like one of those kind of 
you know, generic photos in that yeah, particular thing. Yeah, she's, she's a bit of a weapon. Freya Allen is actually in Witcher. Uh, is it yeah. Witcher? What's the one? Yeah, The Witcher, yeah. yeah. And so she's she, very good she at that. really good. Yeah, she is very good. And the one in the middle, Julia Schlapfer, um, <laughs> she's also in 1923 Yoda. She's the one who's out on safari with whoever. Oh, now I like her. Yeah, she yeah. would be. She would. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, she could be really good. Again, it's uh, going to be interesting. Okie dokie. And then moving on to the Man of Steel. These are the actors that you, oh. again, unofficial, but here we go. So, yeah, this try, is content. Try, I mean, if you could tell us Alan, this without the erection. Alan, Alan Taylor <laughs> Johnson, he, again, is he going to be the new Bond? If he's a new Bond, it rides him out of it anyway. Um, only five foot nine, Superman six three, five foot nine. Again, I know you've got movie magic, but it's a big ask. But you never know. Austin Butler keeps popping up as well on people's lists. Again, what's he been in? Elvis. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. And he's he's going to be in June (laughs) 2 as well. Um, Now, the big one, the big one is that David Cohen Cohen sweat. Sorry. What is wrong with you, right? I I said earlier, I'll I'll do that. And you keep kicking it and then coming off. Right. Sorry. Yeah, Robert Peach just said the the Alamo casting couch. Oh my goodness me! Yeah. That's seen some stories and seen some stains, um, <laughs> and stinks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, do you know what? I know you really loved Elvis, but I couldn't finish it. I did. I could not get my teeth into that at all. Uh, Elvis, think, the new one. I think it's very clear, Phil, that me and you have completely different tastes in movies, mate. Yeah, I know. I like really good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I know it is. I like that though about us because uh, I think we've said it before that if we all like the same thing, it would be boring as hell. And so that it we do have it. these little differences and stuff. I think it's great. But like I said, I just I, I will give it another try. But I just I, I love Baz Luhrmann, but I just could not get my teeth into it. Yeah, um, I'm with you, Elvis. I liked it. I did like. Anyway, David. So, David Cohen Sweat. I don't know if that's how you say his name. He's the he's everyone's pick. You know, he's on every single list. He's on every every single rumor. Um, my, I don't think he'll get it because I think he looks too much like Henry Cavill. I actually, I was gonna say, if you're just talking about a Superman type face, that that mix of affable but strong, that David, he seems to have it to me. Yeah. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson looks a little too smarmy. Uh, Luke has too much of a unibrow going on. Mm-hmm. Jacob and Austin just don't quite fit for me. They just don't look super No, they don't. That Jacob, again, he's appearing on pretty much every list. And that Luke Eisner guy, he Stark wrote an article about him, I think it was today, actually, um, that someone said that he's he's been, he's, he's the number one choice. And then James Gunn's come out and said, no, we're not doing any casting calls at the moment. And then they said... How do you know? <laughs> it's, that yeah, was funny. it's a little early to be talking yeah. about casting. It's like I just I just told you everything we're doing. We got three movies coming out first. <laughs> yeah. You want exactly. to settle the fuck down, we're, internet? We're, exactly. Yeah, we're we're going to read on Superman. When's it out? We just yeah. that's all we've done at the moment. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But they're going to go for a twenty-five-year-old Superman. So I think yeah, Taylor Johnson's probably out of picture. I think Butler will be as well. 
I think Coventry looks too much like Henry. I don't think they want to cast him. So we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, it's but, just an interesting thing to think about who who people want. You say about that, David, though, and just, I mean, again, I'm just sort of saying this out of uh, off the bat, but I mean, when they did um, Superman Returns, they cast, what was he called? Um, Brandon Mouth. Yeah, and he did look very much like Christopher Reeve, though, because it was yes. kind of supposed to be that kind of sequel. So the problem is, is like I say, you do want Superman to have that iconic stance and power and jaw and, you know, heroicism about him. So, I mean, it's, you know, if they were going to go in a different direction, it would be Dan DeVito or someone. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about subverting X by sections. Stay near your phone. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're, we're two years away from a new Superman film. Um, obviously, they've got... A, so I think you're probably going to get casting casting announcement, announcements sooner than most people think. Yeah, at least because they want to start building that hype of sort exactly. of where it's going to go and, like say, get people excited and that kind of thing. Yeah, and that Luke Eisner, I know he's got a monobrow and he obviously got long blonde hair. Yeah, that's the dude. But, I mean, if you can imagine him, you know, without that, Girly hair. Yeah, this was this was the one. Uh, casting for Clark Kent has begun for Superman Legacy. Luke Eisner is the lead contender, and, and James Gunn says false casting has not begun. <laughs> 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 Blown right out of the saddle. <laughs> we should we should start making rumors so that you know somebody famous just comes along and tells us tells us something wrong. Or, or what would be worse is if we started rumors like you know sort of um, what was that one they did? I think it was in Family Guy, and they said I reckon Rob Sh- um, yeah Rob Schneider goes uh, picks up people from the airport and then smacks them around at home. So we could start a rumor like that, and then somebody just comes along and goes, "How did you know about that?" Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was supposed to be a joke. Um. <laughs> so we will, we'll, we shall, we shall see. You never Indeed. know. In six months' time, we could be sitting there going, "Actually, look, we called that." Yeah. We called a couple of them. Happy days. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I just, I'm just kind of like, look, you're doing all this. I, I get where people say, "Do we want to do another Superman origin story and all that?" It's like, eh, probably not. But on the other hand, I. Feel like they're just going, you know, trying to do all everything that's so different from what we did before. It's like, well, now it doesn't feel like a Superman movie. That's what I'm, mm. I'm worried mm. about. I mean, you know, the first four Superman movies, we had one great one and one okay one and two shit ones. So it's not like Superman's had a great track record on the screen. No, <laughs> no. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyone's guess at this stage. Again, it's kind of maybe funny enough. They don't need to subvert expectations and change things new. Maybe they just need to go back to that original formula. You know that that original Superman worked because it was bright, it was funny. Clark Kent was, you know, and, and Christopher Reeve I mean, was was perfect in the role. Maybe they just need to go back to that. You know, and just and don't have a sort of complex story where they're building towards something anything else, but just have a good a good movie. That you know that that takes place. Yeah, I agree. I'm personally, I'm sick of all this interconnection and world building. And I know, I know the MCU did it, and they did it very successfully. But everyone's just copying it now, and it's just getting a little bit consume, consume. 
Robert Beach has just said, James Gunn has a um, conventional visual style. His movies look like Marvel movies. I'm not sure he has the visual flair to do a revolutionary Superman movie. I mean, it's true in what you say. I mean, whether he is going to direct, because is he going to direct? Again, I haven't been keeping up with this. Rumours are coming out again. Again, everything's rumours, everything's hearsay. Rumours coming out that he's actually going to direct Superman Legacy. Because, I mean, with it, again, it's one of those situations where... um, The you know Marvel uh, DC have kept saying we don't want to be like Marvel we don't want to be doing this noise lot but then the, you watch the new Shazam trailer and it's like right so you're now just gone full Marvel <laughs> you know yeah, they've, they've, and that well, really pisses me off well Shazam it's it, to me it's okay because of the mm. the situation I didn't really yeah. have a problem with Shazam being the way it was it's the same with Guardians of the Galaxy I mean you you make that very funny that's great but then when you make Thor, a complete and utter dude bro who is incompetent yeah. and, you know... It's like, Playing uh, second fiddle to women. Well, even even when he was... Like, when he came in and saved the day at the very beginning with the Guardians, he destroys their priceless building yeah. or whatever it was. I mean, he's just, like, completely incompetent and you don't even care. Like, that is... Say what you will about the first two Thors. At least he kind of came across as a proud cod that he was. The first one was good at that because he did learn a lesson. You know, he was completely arrogant and he was, he was Iron Man basically, you know, he was completely, utterly confident and everything, but then he had all that stripped away from him so that he could then rebuild and become a better, a better well, human being, but you know, a a better person for it. Hmm. I I do think there is some merit to him loosening up a little bit like he did in age of Ultron a bit. Hmm. He still kind of had that, that regalness to him, but he, you know, he sat down, he had some drinks with the guys, played with the, you know, they played the hammer game, whatever. And that's all good. And then Taika takes it in Ragnarok and he turns it just a few more notches and it, it works. It's passable. Yeah. 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 It worked. But then you get to, to, to love and thunder and quite frankly, end, uh, end game. And then Love and Thunder, and they've just destroyed him. The first mm. you have Fat Thor, who's a complete blubbering moron. Like I loved what they did with him in Infinity War, where he had that very subdued, subtle moment where he's talking with Rocket, and he's talking about all the people he's lost. And you, mm. and he, and he had he, he doesn't really cry or anything, but he kind of blinks away a little bit of mistiness, talking about how many he's lost and he's just got this this determination to make it mean something by killing Thanos. Mm. But it's clear that he's just he's just really gutted by everything that's that's been done to him over the course of the MCU. And it was it was dignified the way they did it. Mm. And then you get to Love and Thunder and it's there's he has no dignity left. They just strip it all no. away. And that's mm. that's my yeah. He's like a Homer Simpson with, with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, and, uh, to me, I, I I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. That the I think what they seem to do is, and not just particularly with Thor, but I mean with a lot of characters. I made this meme the other day, and it said about stop replacing 
um, all our sort of male action heroes with teenage girls. Because again, that's kind of what's been happening. That with a lot of these characters, they do just seem to do that. With you, you, you get these great male characters and they have to strip them away to nothing and either kind of remove them completely. And I, I kind of get where they went with Thor and okay. It was overly funny, but I, I, like you say, he kind of, it was, you know, he felt responsible for the click. And so he let himself go. I kind of get that, but they've also got this thing that you've kind of then just got to replace all these male heroes with, with girls and stuff. And, you know, um, cause I, I kind of watched, um, what's it called that black panther and riri is going to be the new iron man and hawkeye's been replaced and and just uh, you know it's just getting to the sick same old trope of just okay they're trying to get younger people to watch these stuff and all this kind of stuff but it's just uh, just not working at all for people who are well, older fans like us people feel they're just trying to get girls they're trying to get girls to, and this is what always annoys me especially about hollywood is that men are toxic and blah blah blah, and yet they're trying to turn all the women into men. So it will make you fucking mind. <laughs> well, well um, some of this is unavoidable, right? I mean, Renner yeah. is in his fifties and apparently has been mauled by a snowplow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that name Robert again is Mister Plow. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> Hawkeye's greatest enemy, uh, Mister Plow. <laughs> but uh, it's, our Sorry. our thoughts. With you, Jeremy. Yeah. We do hope you're doing well. We uh, take we but, take the mic because we love you. Yes, but the truth is, is that these guys are not. You know, there is there's the real world issues with these guys are getting older. They cannot. You know, it's not like the comics where you can just draw them the same for you know eighty years. Mm. You ha- these guys grow and change, and they age out of their roles, or they just get tired of it. They're actors, they're humans. They want to do something different. They don't want to be tied to this for their entire life. It's. I understand all that. The question is, what do you do? Do you, you know, replacing them all with characters that we don't care about because Hollywood knows that we're racist or whatever we are. And so they just pander and condescend, depending on which audience you're talking about. And that's not the answer. But then it's like, okay, well, what do you do? Do you just end it and start over i mean these things still make money people still want to see them mm-hmm. do you recast i i mean i i do understand what you guys are saying about and i agree with it all the the whammon and all that stuff but my question to you that i pose is okay what do you do with these real world issues you you can't keep christopher Reeve playing superman forever you can't keep chris evans playing captain america forever Robert Downey Jr., I mean, we're talking 15 years now. He was in his 40s. Mm. He's pushing 60 now. He can't be Iron Man forever. So what do we do? What what would be the what would be the correct thing to do if you were Disney? I think the the prompt half the problem is, is I mean, we've again we've said this before, and I again I had a discussion with it this week, about how they're trying to make stuff now for this modern audience, but they don't actually know who the audience is. It's kind of there are still guys like us around who still want to see those last action heroes they want to see the top gun mavericks they want to see these you know superman movies and stuff but they kind of think well they're dying off now we need to now replace that with this new generation who are coming along who are tiktokers and and snapchatters and all this kind of stuff and this is this should interest them and it's kind of we're stuck in that horrible sort of crossover moment 
But I mean, it just doesn't seem like the entertainment world is getting any better in any way, shape or form. As far as I can tell, like I say, you get the occasional nugget, but overall, you know, it it's pretty low these days. We're, we're in corrupted bankruptcy. Well, yeah, I get that. I, I'm saying just as a thought experiment, we know what's wrong with it. I'm saying if you were the head of Disney, what, how would you proceed with MC? I would introduce, I would introduce new characters that are faithful to the comic books, books mm. but I wouldn't, Again, I know you don't like the phrase Yoda, but Nerdrotic always says it, the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if bringing other characters, your target audience but, is... But what are the, what are the characters? Is young men, men or young men. It's not women, but they're trying to force-feed force mm-hmm. feed this 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 um, genre to women. But like, Well, you, I mean, you, which you know, characters got, would you... Because they've pretty much used the ones that everybody knows about. And, and like yeah, you said, Iron then, Man's a bit of a stretch. And new characters haven't had the time to really become. Maybe Miss Marvel could be a good character. I don't know. But she's barely been around long enough. And unfortunately, the people that you've used to create her have all had a chip on their shoulder. So they're not not worthwhile characters. So then you go, okay, well, who are we going to bring that has at least some? I mean, we're talking $150 billion movies, right? Mm. <laughs> Ant-Man was pushing it. And they still made it work. But... You know, okay, who's the new character you're going to bring in? It's got to be some, you know, you can't just, well, I mean, you can, but you, you make up a character from whole cloth and put him in the MCU. It's like, that's a gamble for $150 million. So what do you yeah, got to do? You could look back at Iron Man was a gamble. There's a, there's Iron Man at least had, had decades of comics. There was some yeah, name he's... recognition with Iron Man, and you found the perfect casting. Iron Man was a bit of a lightning in a bottle, I'll give you that. But it's still, he had some recognition out there. And anybody who was halfway in the comics knew about him. But I mean, Ms. Marvel and uh, Riri, I have no idea why Riri, Ironheart, I have no idea. She's been around for five years. I mean, I. There's established Marvel characters they could introduce, but they don't want to introduce them because they're men. Like who? And I want to push this whole woman narrative. No, he's right, They've because they're men. The X- well, they, they got the Fantastic Four they could put out there. They got they could redo all the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's already there. Spider-Man's out. And then you're starting to get into, I mean, you know, Wonder we'll Man? I mean, who are you going to bring in is what I'm asking. Well, what, okay. Heidi, that they Heidi did mention, used. Captain, uh, uh, Heidi did mention earlier, she said, uh, yeah, we need a Captain England. Um, well, there's Captain she, Britain. He is a, he is a Marvel Britain. character. But she said that's already basically either James Bond or Johnny English. <laughs> um, but I, you've I, got Captain Britain. You know, that's that's a character you could bring in. There's plenty. If, of, I mean, again, I'm not too I'm not too knowledgeable about the MCU characters, uh, Marvel characters, apart from the you know the mainstream ones. So yeah, I'm and that's sure the problem. An if you don't, bunch out there. I, be, I personally think they should do. I for, I personally think you should do a flashpoint and just reboot the whole thing and start over and try again, but then from a different, recast them all, and do a new MCU that has, because there's billions of stories out there, and and do it like, you know what I would really love to see uh, done in a reasonably good way. Start with the Fantastic Four, yeah, and then. 
bring in Spider-Man, then do the X-Men, but do them like the original X-Men and then have them change to the, the new X-Men that came out in 75. So like start out with Angel and be, do it that way and bring, and maybe even bring, start it in the 60s and then kind of bring it through time. I don't know. I think there's some interesting things you could do there and make it more adhere to the way the comic storyline went in its glory days. I've I've got to say that if I was head of Disney before any of this, I would bring back public flogging. Um, and guess who would be first on my list? <laughs> Bob Chang. You know, mm, no, he'd be... Oh, wait, he already the... got flogged. <laughs> hey um, No, like I say, yeah... Uh, I, again, it's kind of I feel for Gunn because, like I say, he's 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 in control. He's got these toys to play with, and yet he's got such an uphill battle to please the fans, to please the shareholders, to please the modern audience. It's kind of a responsibility I I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's that's his that's his world. That's that's what he's there for. So. Don't Good for, for him. He's loving. He's probably licking his balls every day thinking about it. Yeah, but but at the same time, you could. I mean, I know he's had problems in the past and everything else, but again, it only takes one cock up with this, and he is ruined. You know, he will he will never make another movie again. Yeah, but he's not going to go into this looking that he's going to cock it up. He's going to go in now riding high, full of confidence. He's got all these, like I said, all these lovely new toys to play with. Is he is he mm. going to actually make? many of these movies or is he more of a kevin feige role he's more of a feige role but there are rumors that he's actually he's actually going to direct superman legacy yeah i wonder if they should have somebody that's completely outside not not actually making the movies just managing it all like feige does i i wonder if Mm. that's yeah, See, again, he's, that's... He's director, isn't he? His, his, his ego's going to get involved. And let's be honest, if, if you've got the opportunity to direct a new Superman film and you're a, you're an accomplished director, you're going yeah, no, to... Yeah, no, I, I agree. There, he, he is a director, so there's no reason to think that he wouldn't. Mm. But, but I, again, I think that... that I, I think, like, say, somebody like Spielberg, when he was just making the movies... That man, you know, absolutely nailed it every time. However, when he then starts producing and everything else, and he's kind of just, he, he, I don't want to say he's, um, he's kind of distracted from just focusing on on making movies. His stuff has none not been not been all that great. I've always thought, you know, that he's, you know, he's got too many pies, too many irons in the fire, and he just can't, he just can't seem to handle them all at the same time. It's the impression I've got. Well, so whether Gun might do the same. Well, I know he said he's written... Did he say he's written the commandos, the creature commandos? He's written that already, he reckons. That or the so authority. I think he's going to be more involved than Feige, or what the fuck his name is. So Fiage. I think he's going to be more involved, but I, I suppose it depends on what level's up to him. I just Robert, know, Robert. Listen, all I want is I just want them to stay faithful to the comics... I want them to stay faithful to the characters. I don't want to be seeing a black Superman or a Latino Supergirl or, you know, a fucking Chinese Wonder Woman. You know, stick to the comics. That's what we've grown up loving and adoring and worshipping. Let's stick to that. Stop pandering to a noisy minority and get it done properly. That's all I ask. Go on, Yoda. You were just going to read Robert's... Um comment there yeah robert said it's ridiculous they aren't going to cross over pattinson's batman and phoenix's joker with this new slate of films 
it's going to encourage the universe to be scatterbrained like DC uh, always has been. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... that's the pro- Again, I this is just... I was just going to say, another issue with this is then you have a movie come out like The Joker, which is excellent, but it doesn't tie into any kind of, of the other DC universes that they are at the moment. Good, good. Stop, <laughs> stop this whole universe bullshit. I'm fucking sick of it. I mean, we got Creed so you- 3 coming out, and even he's going on about the Creed verse. Fuck off, it's not a Creed verse. Just start making individual films again. They don't always have to link up. No, but the Rocky verse. But then, (laughs) but conversely, then that would mean then you wouldn't want to see a Justice League if they were not going to be crossing over. I'd happily see it when it's done properly, not rushing to it. Oh, I see. I've got got so so some universes are good, but others aren't. <laughs> tell me a universe, apart from the MCU before it went pathetic, tell me a, a universe that works. Oh, the we can't even include ours. I was just I was just gonna say we can't even include ours. <laughs> um <laughs> this everything's, one. It, everything was an independent franchise. You know, you don't have to always have crossovers or universe. You you can have the Joker it, as a prime example. You can have the Joker as a standalone film. You can have the Batman as a standalone film. They don't have to be in this constantly shared universe. I'm sick, absolutely what? sick of it. Robert, why? If you like the Joker, you're a moron. Oh. It was a great movie. It was a really well put together movie. Yeah, it was a good film. It just, like I say, it kind of it just stood out alone and stuff. And I, I, I do see what you're saying, but at the I suppose it's kind of like it's, it's like the whole thing that it just seems in the last like what ten, five, ten years, everything's got to be a series, and it's kind of you know you can't just have like a movie about it. You've then got to have a whole series about things, and it's kind of just another bandwagon that they jumped on. And the latest bandwagon is the is the the multiverse thing or the universe thing, vapid. I wouldn't say he's vapid. I, 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 know, I like, I like Suicide Squad. Until oh, until yeah, Iron yeah. Man came out, we had the shared universes. I you know all my comics showed that they were, you know, Mar- Spider Man, and and occasionally they would guest star in each other's thing, and then once in a while they'd have a big, you know, and and the DC did the same way. So it always seemed natural for me that they would have a shared universe. The problem is, is that. In the comics, yes, they were in a shared universe, and yes, sometimes they had big universe-crossing things, but their own titles, they had their own deal going on. They weren't, Mm. you know, everything they did in their own titles wasn't towards the Infinity Stones or something, right? Mm. So I I feel like there's got to be some sort of happy medium in there, because I like the idea that, you know, they might... uh, Like, I loved Ant-Man's crossover, where he just, he went over to Avengers to steal something, and he beat up Falcon, and yeah. that was it. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. That was great. Yeah, and it, you know, it kind of said yes, he's part of this, but it didn't take anything away from his own story. Whereas, yeah. say, an Iron Man two or a couple of these others, it's like if I haven't watched and done my homework, I have no yeah. idea what the f is going on. In in Avengers fifty seven, if you haven't seen episode four of uh, Squirrel Girl from nineteen ninety two, then you're going to miss out on the joke of why. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's just it's it's the whole consume product, isn't it? You know, you've got every Marvel film. It finishes with you know two or three post credit scenes that lead yeah. on to the next show, 
that leads on to the next movie. And and like you said, Phil, it's always well, a joke it was or, compelling. or a reference that makes you feel like you have to watch it. Otherwise, you feel mm. like you're missing out on something. I would say through the whole Infinity Saga, the shared stuff and the post-credits were compelling. You did want to see what was going to happen. They were keeping you involved Mm. up through Endgame. Phase 4, it's all crossover, but nothing compelling about Mm -hmm. it. I don't know where they're going. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. I don't know where this is going. Something about Kang and multiverses, I guess. I really, I, timelines. I, I have I to. I have to admit, I I am going to go back to the cinema because I do fancy seeing Ant Man in in the cinema. It'll be the first time in ages, um, because it does actually look quite decent. And I, when I watched it, I just thought, okay, you know, I, I, I fancy that. Um, as opposed to say like Black Panther, which I watched purely out of duty for the site. Um, you know, Ant Man, I've got a, a mildly vested interest in because again, I've liked that that his trilogy of movies or these his two movies. I know the second one was a you know was a bit all over the place and whatnot, but I, again, I liked the first one because it was quite yeah. decent. As, yeah, you know, and the same with the second one. I, I again, I rate it. It's it's, it's a decent one, and I'm I'm interested now to see how this Kang again, who I know very little about, but how he's then going to take him on, on his kind of on that same level. Because I keep thinking Ant Man is basically a cat burglar, you know, and yet he's going to be taking on one of the strongest villains in the MCU. And so again, it's going to be interesting to see the way it pans out. We'll see. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, gonna, I do. I think they're going to shit the bed. Phoenix wasn't good either. In it either. Oh, joking, Phoenix. Okay, uh, the ending was garbage with all the talk show thing. Uh, was that it? Was that supposed to be the movie? Angsty bullshit. I, uh, I don't know. It's it was a different take on the Joker than what we've seen, and I think it was based much more in that reality that you could actually see, especially the way it was sort of set in that sort of seventies. 80s New York scene and everything else, how all of that could have happened and led him to that point. I, I'd like to say I, I still rate the Joker myself. The Joker is decent. I mean, it's not one I felt really compelled to rewatch or anything, but no. it feels more like a, you know, the taxi driver, a Martin Scorsese movie, not really a Joker movie. It just feels like it just has the, the patina of Joker on it because he puts on cloud makeup, but he doesn't really. I, I just Joker is m- more diabolical and more in control of his of his madness, so to speak. Like mm. he 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 may not have a plan, but he has a goal. If that makes sense, yeah. And he isn't a put upon guy. You know, he's the scariest guy in Gotham for a reason. You know, and that is not the way he was portrayed in this movie. I don't hate it, but I don't feel like it's really a Joker movie other than by name. It's a no, good movie, enough. but it's it's not I don't know. I I mean Batman punched this guy out, I just feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's had enough problems yeah. in his life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so, no, right. Sorry, just to get this in. Obviously <laughs> Um, Taxi Driver had a much better script than the the Joker. But, yeah, there was obviously references of... There was that whole feel of the Joker that it felt like Taxi Driver, of somebody slipping into that madness and so forth. Um, This is my my criticism. 
My criticism with Joker and the Batman, and I liked them both, was the Joker was nothing more than Taxi Driver meets King of Comedy. And the Batman yeah, a little bit, yeah. was just seven. Seven as Batman. I'm just yeah. concerned that the Elseworlds are just going to be ripping off other movies as opposed to using comic book for source material. I just, the Batman just went way too far with its ending. I just was so put off by the ending the last 30 minutes. Just, I, again, I know, Matt, you tried, to, you, you tried to get me to watch it again. I have... I just, I, 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 I might again at some point, but the whole three hour thing, like I say, it kind of put half put me off watching Babylon when I thought it was three hours. I thought, oh, grief. And I did have to get through it in two, two sections, but it had a script which had me compelled all the way through. And like I say, I am of that. I was born, I was raised on the 90 minute movie. And so when things are three hours, the same with blinking black, black Panther. It's far too long. Far, so much of that. That's about two fifty, I think it is. Two hours fifty, two hours that's, forty, that's, or something. That's two hours forty-five minutes longer than I'm willing to invest in it. Oh, you know, and I mean, again, it had its moments where it was quite good, and I thought the way they dealt with um, what's his name going, Chadwick go, Poseman going, I thought was was quite decent. Letitia Wright, I think, is a is a good actress. She's underrated. Certainly, Angela Bassett was very good in it, but overall, it was just, you know, it's not a film I'm going to sit through again. I think it looks shit. I'm not even going to waste my time watching it. The Batman was sort of interesting in the first act. Uh, but yes, the ending was probably studio interference, quite honestly. It was an August released, bad and conventional. I just like yeah. to say, I, it's the la I, do you know what? I think that was the last thing I saw in the cinema and I haven't wanted to go back since. Not <laughs> even have a Oh no, I'm, see, I'm still not, I'm not even, again, I'll watch it when it comes out, but I'm just not bothered. It's just I know it's going to be a it's going to be like a visual spectacle and everything else. And I just think, yeah, but it's got to be about the story for me. I've seen films with no special effects in them, but amazing stories that have engaged me far more, you know, than just something that looks pretty on the screen. Like bros. I didn't finish it. <laughs> Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, I'm doing it in sections. Um, <laughs> Five minute increments. Ah, no, uh, see, no, look, Robert, there we can. That's a movie we can talk about, Cocaine Bear. That I am looking forward to. <laughs> when is that out? That's got to be soon, isn't it? Let's have a look, Cocaine Bear. I, again, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And um, Cocaine... That has, that has snakes on a plane vibes to me. It's, like, <laughs> it's the title. It's got everybody, you know. Cocaine Bear, I'm in, yeah. But then when you watch it... February the 24th, that's out. Oh, right. Three weeks, then, give yeah. or take. Yeah. So, again, I'm looking forward to that. And I am looking forward to Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> um, which, wow. I, I, just just to say that the main star of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey has just followed me on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Winnie the Pooh himself. It's because I've got a blue tick now, because I'm official. Oh, I know. I can't help it, you know. I mean, some people have just got it and others haven't. <laughs> um, she's called I, I Amber Amber Doig Thorne, she's called, and she plays Alice in it, who I'm assuming is going to get killed at some point. I would have thought so. Oh, well, unless she gets her revenge. I, I oh, do she's... love that. Uh, I, I do want to mention this, and then maybe we can, can head out. I read your Dial of Destiny 
article or whoever wrote that. Is it Stark? It was Stark. Um, and apparently, you know, they're, he's, Harrison Ford's talking about the de-aging process and they had to put dots all over his face. It's like, I love it that our biggest stars are now reduced to Andy Circus levels of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Andy Circus is like, yeah, yeah, maybe give me a little more respect now, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, Robert, I am looking forward to Cocaine Bear because it looks absolutely batshit crazy. It, yeah, it's not going to be the... It's not going to be the formulaic. Yeah, I oh no, I'm definitely when as soon as it gets on, I'm I'm going to be watching it. Um, like I say, just for the just for the giggles of it. Anyway, okay, am I going to wrap up today? Yes, you are. Okie doke. Um, thank you for joining us here at the last movie outpost, uh, the live stream. It's uh, been fun as always. Unfortunately, Sean has been missing, but he will be back with us soon, and it's nice for me to be back. Uh, make Somebody sure you go. Press charges. <laughs> um, oh, we got to pay bail again. Oh. Um, <laughs> please check back to thelastmovieoutpost.com for all of your movie news reviews and everything cool about film we have articles up every day of interesting things trailers and all kinds of stuff that you might find so like i say check back with us um and you can find us on all social media just do a search for the last movie outpost the instagram's going well at the moment um i uh, <laughs> i put up a comment on um the fast and furious and i said that this movie has now got 47 percent more family and it got loads of likes <laughs> <laughs> which is quite nice <laughs> um so yeah you can find us all on social media apart from sean don't look for him on social media um please god stay away from um anything sean posts anywhere else <laughs> he's uh, on we... anti-social media <laughs> yes <laughs> um, i think posted... i'm on my last strike i think on twitter i just had a week's ban again so i, I know sean just had a comment on instagram saying that he was a horrible human being nice. which did make me laugh because i was like yeah. yeah. How come I can call people embarrassing corporate dick suckers and I still don't get banned? I'm going to have to up my game. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because I keep making jokes about trannies. So they ban me. Weird. Anyway, so like I say, um, Yoda, any last words? Uh, I'm going to read it off for our podcasters. Grace at Twitter at, at Movie Outpost. He's at Boba Phil. I'm at Drunken Yoda One. And at Matt Eggy Weggs, assuming he hasn't struck. Our Facebook is slash Movie Outpost. Our Instagram is at Last Movie Outpost. Take it back, Phil. People can read all that. And I just said, find us on social media. Audio, I'm not used only. to doing the outro. It's what it is. I'm better with the intros. Matt, any last words from you? No. Okay. <laughs> Just James Gunn, don't don't fuck this up. That's all I ask. If he's listening, I hope he's going to take that to heart. Um, Please also make sure you check out the channel. Yoda's just put up a new video, an overlooked video of Club Paradise. Uh, Yeah. So, and I'm working on an overlooked as well. I know Yoda, you've had the monopoly on them, but I'm working on a uh, an overlooked of an '80s classic called Biggles Adventures in Time. Uh, which is one of my favourite kid, favourite movies as a kid, and it's still. We're not proud I mean, it's... of these two. <laughs> Club <laughs> oh, Paradise and Biggles. We're not proud of these, but you know, damn it, we like them. Yeah, I had Biggles on VHS, and I watched it to death, and I used to absolutely love it. Anyway, um, other than that, thank you for everybody for joining us. Thank you for joining in the comments. Have we got a closing thing? No, no we don't. 
Okay then. Right, thank you all and we'll see you all again very soon.